0: Happy New Year. I hope you all had a wonderful New Year. I didn't go to Times Square this year. I missed it, but I was at home with two wonderful little dogs, and I woke up at 10 of 12. Go figure. No idea why. I think I was meant to go and bring in the New Year, which I did with my four-leggeds, turned on the TV and watched the ball drop. And you know, as many times as I've seen that, It always brings excitement to me. I think in a way it's nice to say goodbye to 23 and hello to 24, where so much is possible. So I wish you health, good luck, peace, and happiness. Please join with me in the call to worship found in your bulletin. Good morning. Thank you, God for the gift of life and for the love you give us that we so joyfully share today.
1: Thank you for your new gifts of hope, encouragement, strength, healing, and fresh possibilities, the tools for our life.
0: As we begin our new year together with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, may we take these gifts and use them to our fullest potential.
1: In our worship and in our life, may you be with us every step on our journey and guide us in our actions to speak the words we need to hear and to let your spirit change us, charge us, and empower us to be your people of courage, faith, justice, love, and light. It is with this spirit that we come to worship and rejoice together
0: today. Please join with me in prayer. God of all people, all places, and all time, with grateful and renewed hearts and minds, we cherish this time that brings us together from our individual and separate lives to be able to gather as one spirit, and as one body to celebrate your presence in us and among us with your peace, your strength, your guidance, your healing and your joy through it all. As individuals and as a community, as you lift us and challenge us, may you also continue to draw us together, strengthen and empower us by your love. And may you continue to bless us that together we may experience the vitality and joy of doing your will and bringing your ideal kingdom here on earth. All this we pray together as we say that which Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship here at Southport Congregational Church. We are so glad to have those of you who are brave souls trudging through that horrible snowstorm. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, To all of you who are here and to all of you who are joining us online, we welcome you to our worship service. Uh, If you could please find the friendship registers located on the outside aisles of each of the pews. Sign your name. Be sure to take a moment to greet one another after the service in fellowship hour here behind us. Uh, Today is hosted by our fellowship committee, so we thank them for their continued uh, work at keeping us well fed Um, Just a couple of things to share with you, uh, and then everything is in your bulletin. You can read more details if you'd like. But next week is going to be a rocking week here at Southport Congregational Church. We are inviting the Pivot Ministries Choir back, if you remember them from a couple of years ago. They bring a joy of music that is unique and so much fun to share in. Um, So they will be here sharing music with us next week. And then... um, On January 14th and January 21st, we are having two second hours to introduce you a little bit more to the work of two of our organizations that we support. January 14th is Siri Connecticut Institute for Refugees and Immigrants. Uh, And they are going to be talking about what they do and and how they help people. And on January 21st, Charlie Grady will be here um, along with Michelle Litt. And they are from Hang Time, Her Time, um, which is a great organization working to um, help people who are, have just been released from prison uh, become uh, members back into society. They also work with gangs and they also work with the high school students, which is where our um, Christmas Eve offering went to. So thank you for your generosity there. And we'll hear about all of those programs. So be sure to join us. And then for a little bit of fun, the uh, fellowship committee is putting on a, what we call a sip and swap And uh, this is an opportunity for you to clean out as you're putting back your Christmas decorations. Clean out those ones that you might be uh, a little tired of and bring them on over and swap them out for for someone else's. Um, And we are accepting any holidays, so it's just a really fun time to get together and uh, to put a little different spin on holiday decor. Um, so that is the end. Again, read your um, bulletin. There are a lot of things coming up in, in a couple of weeks to follow. So um, as we sing our hymn, our church school kids are dismissed. As we take this time in prayer, there are um, a few people that we would ask that you keep in your prayers as well. First, uh, Stuart Tillman, Linda Murphy, Polly Tillman, and the entire Tillman family. Um, As Richie Tillman, uh, Stuart and Linda's father, transitions from this world into God's eternal world, um, we pray for love and comfort and peace to you all. Um, We also ask your prayers for Mandy Stanton and hold her in love following the death of her mother on December 26th, and then prayers for church members, various church members who are seeking cancer treatments and for their families who are caring for them. So for those prayers and then the prayers that are deep within your own hearts, let's take this time to lift them all to God. Dear God, the winds of change have blown through our lives and we can see the transformations. Winter has come upon us, cold winds gust, light snow has fallen on the ground, a new year has come around. And the changes, the changes in time, the changes of the weather, remind us of the changes in our own lives. And we recognize that change is inevitable in your world of never-ending creation. So be with us as we move through the seasons of our own lives. Seasons that bring birth and the joy of new life. Seasons that bring childhood and the wonderment that comes with that. Seasons that bring the teen and college years, years that are marked with important decisions. Seasons that bring our middle years, where marriages become tricky, need our full attention, where families grow and stretch. Seasons that bring our older years, that bring new challenges and new ways of understanding the world around us. Yes, God, the winds of change move through our lives every day, and that's why we need to focus on feeling your warmth and nurture and love within us. This is not a small gift you give to us, God. You give us love at all times of our lives, whether we are aware of it or not. You give us creation every second of every minute of every day. And you have entrusted it to us. You have given us neighbors to love and to care for. And we've taken your paradise and we have created a world of chaos and pain. You didn't create us to die in bombings or to hide in bomb shelters. You made us to play under tall oak trees and to sleep soundly with stuffed animals beside loved ones. You did not create us to hold hostages for ransom or to rain deadly fury on innocent children in beautiful lands. You made us to welcome strangers and to cherish all creation. You did not create us to oppress neighbors in the name of national security or to kill in the name of justice. You made us to find security and justice and to risk in the name of peace. So help us to be instruments of your change in this grand world. And we know we cannot make global changes but we also know that we can make small ones. So be in our souls and urge us to help a stranger in need, even if it scares us. Be in our minds to create thoughts of goodness and peace, even in the midst of war. Be in our mouths to speak words of kindness, even when we are angry. Be in our eyes to see the pain of another, even when it's easier to stay blind to their pain. Be in our hands to reach out to someone in need, even if it means that touch will forever change our lives. And be in our hearts to know that pain and suffering that exists in this world is not too large for us to handle when we welcome you into our lives and keep you close. And when we do that, we will see the miracles of your love happening around us, from accidents being averted to cancers being healed, from deaths of loved ones breaking our hearts to your love slowly coming in and healing us, from surgeries that seemed would only bring bad news to the results that were benign. With you and our lives, God, changes are tolerable. Possibilities are endless. With you and our lives, God, the world is transformed. With you and our lives, God, we are transformed. So be with us every second of this new year and fill us with your everlasting love and peace so we may be instruments of your love and peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great, so it says in Proverbs 18. God knows the power of a gift. That's why God doesn't require anything from us, but gives us everything. God wants every gift from us to be given from our own will, so that when the blessings come, We understand how God worked through our gift to prosper our own well-being. We have an opportunity to be ushered in this presence of God by giving back to God and to all of God's people as graciously as God has given to us. So let us enter into the presence of God offering our own gifts of heart and spirit and treasure. This morning's offering will now be received. Let's join together in the unison prayer of dedication. Receive these gifts, our loving God, as expressions of our gratitude for all that you have shared, so that we, in turn, may share with our open hearts and loving generosity. May our gifts be shared and used to multiply your love among us and among all people. Amen.
3: happy epiphany just a couple of weeks ago we were saying Merry Christmas <clears throat> and then today is Epiphany Sunday <clears throat> ever since um, the late 300s January 6th has been um, designated as the day of epiphany it's also known as the 12th day of Christmas yesterday was the 12th day of Christmas And it's also known as Three Kings Day, which is one of the reasons why we sing We Three Kings. So, today's Epiphany. And as we know, an epiphany is many things. An epiphany is an appearance or manifestation of a divine being. Bless you. (laughs) An epiphany is also a new idea. And epiphany is also the sudden comprehension of the essential nature of something. I love that definition. When you get it, it's the aha moment. And even though epiphany is just a date on the calendar, with every new year, I don't know about you, but I wonder, what is this new year going to bring? What are the epiphanies that are going to happen with new ideas, new possibilities, new decisions, new actions? What will it bring with those things that are under my control and what will it bring with those things that are outside of my control? Which way is life going to go in 2024 and beyond? Well, that's what today's scripture is about. We have two prophecies that we're going to hear in just a moment. And they both beg the question. And they beg the question for us as individuals and and for us collectively as humanity in general, which way is it going to go? Is the future going to be this or is it going to be that? That's what prophecies are about. And it's also a very central part of what our faith is about as well. What's it going to be? And so with that, let's just talk for a moment about these two scripture passages before we read them. The passages, both of them, are, are from the Old Testament. And each one speaks about how the future is going to be. Each one paints a picture. And the first one is from Isaiah. It's very familiar passages, one of those passages that's very closely associated with, with Advent and with Christmas, the birth of Christ, his epiphany into the world, and what kind of an impact is his epiphany going to make? How is he going to change things? What does he bring into the table, so to speak? And we might think about it this way. We can just imagine, you know, if humanity were ever able to, to be lucky enough to be able to clearly understand somehow what God's vision for us is. If we were ever to comprehend what God's ideal vision for humanity might be can you imagine Can you imagine what the world might be like if we were actually clear about that it would be huge you wouldn't have to guess anymore you wouldn't have to wonder I wonder what it's all about you wouldn't have to wonder anymore I wonder what my purpose in life might be you wouldn't have to wonder anymore nobody would How am I supposed to treat people? How am I supposed to treat people who are in trouble, who are in need, who are outcast? If we were ever lucky enough to actually be able to understand our Creator's ideal vision for us as individuals and for us as humanity, just imagine What a beautiful world that would be. If someone could ever break that understanding down for us, if someone could ever make it so simple that you couldn't possibly mess it up, wow, what kind of a world would that be? not just if we could understand but how about if the vision wasn't just simple but how about if it was blissful how about if that simple vision wasn't about something like the breaking down the technical aspects of how to create atomic power but how about if it was about how to create healing how to be welcoming how to be forgiving How to be an understanding human being. How to be truthful and have integrity and kind. To love one another as I have loved you. How about if it had to do with treating your neighbor the way you wanted to be treated? Putting yourself in their shoes. Whether friend or enemy. What would that world look like? What would that world look like if we understood and followed that versus if we didn't? That, in a nutshell, is what these two prophecies are about. God says, This is how I want you to live together. And this is what it'll be like if you do. And this is what it'll be like. Not what I will do to you if you don't, which is how most people read it. But this is the kind of mess that you're going to create for yourselves if you disregard what I am begging you to do and to not do. So both of these prophecies envision possibilities for the future, although each one has a very, very different vision in the end of which way it'll go. So let's listen now to the first passage from the prophet Isaiah, who spoke these familiar words. When he said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. And then we have the prophet Joel. Who said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and maid servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. And now let's pause there for a moment. Because it's usually at this point that people typically stop with this reading. (laughs) Why? Because so far it's really nice. But it goes on. Buckle up. It goes on to say, and I will give portents in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem there should be those who escape, as the Lord has said. And among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. And this is the ending of our scripture passage. And may God bless our understanding and our living, our embodying of these words of abundant life and love. Amen. So two very different prophecies. Prophecy of peace and spiritual leadership of which there will be no end. And then a prophecy of blood, fire, smoke columns of smoke the sun turning into darkness and the moon to blood and as as i read these words as i listen to these words i wonder what are the people in israel what are the people in gaza what are they hearing how do they respond to these words people in iran iraq afghanistan people in ukraine people in russia Places where there literally is blood and fire and columns of smoke. How do they hear these passages? In the midst of their situation, not a God-made situation. God didn't do any of that. In the midst of their very human-created situation, Devastations. I wonder how people who who live in, in, in violent inner cities, people who live in violent households, how do they hear this passage? People who wrestle with, with personal, internal wars and devastations. How do they hear these passages, these possibilities of, of how the future might unfold this way or that? depending on what people do. And so we might naturally ask, which prophecy is right? Which prophecy will come to be? So on Christmas Eve at the 10 p.m. Candlelight service, I read this passage from Isaiah that foretells of a child to be born, one whose name is to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And how the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And whenever I read that, I always ask myself, is it true? Is it true? Because, of course, Christ, He did come. And He did shine His light. And He did reveal the truth for all to see. He revealed it plain and simple. And He revealed it in words. And He revealed it in clear and bold actions of kindness and justice and truth and forgiveness and generosity to the poor and welcoming the stranger and welcoming the outcast and uplifting the outcast and advocating and lifting up the weak and protecting and loving and not belittling those who are different Love one another, he said, as I have loved you. It is clear as a bell. He was the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. And his government? You know, we're not forced to be in his government, are we? We can opt out. from his order. Many people, as we know, choose not to be in his order, to be a part of his government. More and more people these days, as we know, are choosing to opt out of his order in favor of other orders. Why? Because some are too busy. Some are just too busy for some people, it's, it's easier to ignore his path. It's easier to ignore people who are suffering. Think of reasons why maybe they should be suffering than to be considerate, to consider, to put yourself in their shoes. Some people opt out because of you know, kids' schedules these days. Am I right? You can't do everything. Something's got to go. So what goes? And some people prefer their politics more than love thy neighbor. And treating your neighbor as you would want to be treated and putting that as first. During his ministry, Jesus presented to us visions of what it would look like if we opted in. And he always presented us with choices every step of the way for us personally and for the world around us. Do I think that we're at an inflection point? Do I think that the future? will turn out one way or the other, depending on whether or not we listen and we follow God's ideal vision or not. It's like God is, is lovingly, protectively, for our sake, he's putting a sign all around the pond that says, beware of thin ice. Why, to scare us? Or to protect us. And then it's up to us. So we ask is the prophecy true? Throughout our scriptures, there are consistently two very different visions and versions of how things might turn out, depending. Depending. It occurred to me that in spite of Joel's really harsh picture of blood and fire and columns of smoke, you know what? He was on to something. He was. He was on to how prophecies work. And he was on to how our faith works. He was on to how reality works. He was on to how the future actually takes shape. Which has everything to do with taking what we're given. And then, what do we do with it? Christ's vision paints a picture of a vision of peace. How do we get there? But what do we do with that? What have we done with it? I don't know about you, but when I look around these days, I am beyond dumbfounded and stunned at what I see that doesn't even come close to the visions and ideals of treating your neighbor as you would want them to treat you simple, with honesty, with respect, kindness, forgiveness, grace, I am beyond stunned at the level of people who turn a blind eye and make excuses for blatant lying, cheating, deceit, of not welcoming, or loving the outcast, or those who are different, being far more enamored with power, with money, with winning, than helping to uplift others. Because there are several visions out there. There are always choices. So honestly, when I think about how things are going to turn out, like all prophets, like Jesus, I think it depends on what we do. And again and again, I go back to God's healthy and loving vision for God, how God wants life to be, and how I fit into that, and what I need to do to change, to make myself fit into God's vision. Not pick and choose what parts of God's vision I like and I don't like. Again and again, I go back to, to the words and to the life of Jesus. I go back to his love. I go back to his justice and truth and compassion and honesty, his integrity, his grace, his forbearance, his embracing of others, radical embracing of those So the world kicked out. And I know that this is our choice. I know that our personal lives are not set in stone. I know that the world's future is not set in stone. So again and again, I go back to God and I ask God, God, give me another chance. God, help me try better. Help me to fit in to what you ideally would have me be. Give me and give us another try. And I try. And I remember that, you know, it says people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. We're not stuck in the darkness. Not personally, not as a nation, not as a world. How's it going to turn out? Your life, your relationships, your health, your country, your world, our environment. Good news. God gives you the power. God gives us the power to move the future this way or that. And this is a new year. This is epiphany. God's power, God's purpose, God's vision is in your hands. Amen. The beauty of being a part of God's community of faith is that none of us individually has it right. But together we have a chance. If we consistently turn our vision to God and to ask God, what are we supposed to be doing here? How are we supposed to be living? How are we supposed to be loving? And knowing that again and again, God forgives us for when we fall short, and God gives us another chance. Those who have walked in darkness, which is all of us, have seen a great light. And that next chance comes upon us every moment when we receive, when we shed the old, when we receive the new. When we receive God's nourishment, God's blessing, God's word, God's spirit. When we receive the nourishment of gathering around this table as a community of faith. Eating from this one loaf, drinking from the cup. And hearing the words of strength and love and power and forgiveness. And so it is that we come to this table, not because we must, but because we may. Not because we have it all together or we are perfect, but because we're loved in ways that are far beyond our comprehension, but in every way that is true. And so we come to this table, Remembering Jesus' words and his acts when he was in that room with the disciples. That upper room right in Jerusalem. When they were gathered and he took the bread and he gave thanks to God and he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat of this. And as often as you do, remember me. Ministering to you in his name and in his spirit, we give you this bread. We join together in this bread and with the presence of Christ.
2: On that same night and in that same manner after dinner, Jesus took the wine and poured it into a cup saying, take and drink for this is the blood of the new covenant. Poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink of it. And as often as you do so, remember me. So, ministering to you in his name, we offer you this cup. This is the cup of forgiveness poured out for us all. Let's
3: join together in prayer. Our loving God, we thank you for gathering us. We thank you for uplifting us. We thank you for opening our minds, for opening our hearts and always, always, always filling that space with your love, with your forgiveness, with your message, with your presence, with your comfort, with your healing, with your strength. God, may we be good receivers of all that you give and may we not only receive your light, but may we share it and all of the brightness and love and glory, which you envision. We thank you for feeding us, for nourishing us, in all of these ways. In your spirit we pray, Amen. Thank you for sharing with us the ideal vision of what being a community of faith is about, catching each other, lifting each other up. May we, as we go out into the world, (laughs) catch each other, behold one another, uplift one another, and lift up those we love, the downtrodden the outcast, all of those who God loves, as God loves us. This is the good news. This is the epiphany that has been given to us. Go now and shine in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.